What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to a brand new episode of Spread the Dread Podcast. Episode 41, we're going to be talking about Colin Ireland, the gay slayer. And that's not, you know, that uh, cover band at Pride Week that also <laughs> likes Rain and Hell by Slayer. Uh, he is the gay slayer, and we're going to get into talking about all of that. Uh, don't forget... Uh, we released episode 40 last week, which was Tortures and Executions Part 5. The numbers have been fucking through the roof. We appreciate you all listening and checking it out. YouTube numbers for that have been fairly strong, which I appreciate again, but I, I don't know what you're getting out of it, because unless you have <laughs> premium, you can't even turn your screen off while you listen to it, and it's just an image. But we fucking thank all of our YouTube dreadheads as well. Absolutely. Joe, we've uh, we've got a we've got a few little housekeeping things to do, mm-hmm. and then we've got some decent notes on this guy. So let's get right into it. For the new dreadheads and for the old dreadheads, what's the one place on the internet that's the best way to connect with us? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Tell them what they're going to find there, Joe. You're going to find direct links to the top uh, podcast po- uh, applications, as well as our merchandise store, donation tiers, um, and links to our social media, and especially our bit shooting YouTube. Yes, yes, because I know I talked about the revamping of Fright Flick Fuck, Mary Kill last week. Mm-hmm. Had some technical uh, issues when we recorded the first episode, so we actually have to re-record that so hopefully it's going to be coming later this week make sure you're following us on facebook and ig and we will definitely let you know when those are ready um want to give a couple of shout outs this week first to a brand new dreadhead we say new it's the first time she's reached out uh and that is amy from kentucky now we're from south carolina dreadheads kentucky is uh the most fucking dirty south state in the midwest (laughs) Uh, Iowa may well Missouri and Iowa mm, Missouri's let's just not dirty. Mi- let's not. If we got dreadheads in Missouri, we love you, but you know what the fuck your state's about. But, and you know the animosity between Illinois and Missourians. So yes, and Joe is a Southern Illinoisan. I have never heard someone so xenophobic towards a state <laughs> until I got with her. And uh, yeah, she's it's like some Cape Girardeau fuckers, really. Yeah, well, you're straight Grandpa Simpson on that episode where they're like, "There's only 49 stars on this <laughs> flag," and he's like, "I'll be dead in the cold dirt before I recognize <laughs> yeah, Missouri." Exactly. That's Joe. But Amy left us a dope ass review. Uh, she said covering some of the darkest topics. John and Joe do a fabulous job of keeping your interest, researching the topic, and laughing nonstop. If curiosity could kill the cat, these topics could knock a man flat on his back. Keep up the great work. Amy, that's a boss ass review. That is a fantastic review. I wouldn't have, I, I fucking do a lot of note writing for a living, clearly, and uh, I couldn't have came up with something (laughs) that great. Uh, Amy's also a fan of uh, Tyler Childers. Oh, yeah. uh, Which we love our drug-induced folk music. We're big fans of him as well. And we are going to be sending you, Amy, uh, some free five-star super spreader Spread the Dread podcast stickers, graffiti, uh, whatever. I don't know how many mailboxes are in your town. There's probably We're probably going to send you enough stickers to to literally cover the entire town. (laughs) Uh, But we love you. Thanks for that great review. If you want to be like Amy and get a free sticker, Make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Screenshot that shit and then send it to us on IG, Facebook, or spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com along with your mailing address. And we're going to send you some free stickers for doing your part to spread the dread. So, Amy, thank you very much from that. One last item of housekeeping. There is someone who has decided that they wanted us (laughs) to be on their show. Uh, his name is Vuk. He's, uh, I believe, I don't think you said he's not in Serbia currently. No, no, he's, he's in uh, Bosnia. Bosnia and, and Herzegovina. Yep. Okay, that's right. Uh, and he's insane. He's like a biologist. He's way fucking smarter than I us. I don't know why he wants us on his show. No, it's <laughs> it's far more well produced than yeah. ours as well. But we've he's been a dreadhead for a minute since. And he we're was doing, honored. Yeah, he was doing a few uh, different show prior, but he's got a fan fucking tastic podcast called Tracing Owls. That's T-R-A-C-I-N-G. And then, of course, Owls, O-W-L-S. And if you like the fucked up dark shit, but also like some of the fucking wacky out there, conspiracy theories, and just alternate history, and all kinds of fucking Mm -hmm. weird topics, this is a much better show than what you're currently (laughs) listening to on topics, talent, and polish. (laughs) 
but we are going to be uh, be guests on our buddy Vuk's uh, podcast, Tracing Owls, and we're going to be talking about the history and mythology of snuff films. Mm-hmm. So you know that's right up our fucked up yeah. alley. We don't currently have a release date, so again, make sure you're following us on Facebook and IG. As soon as we have the release date for that, we're going to be promoting the fuck out of it. We're yeah. going to be recording with him this upcoming Saturday. Vuk, we are fucking honored, and we cannot wait yeah, stoked, to. Dude. We cannot wait to fuck over your podcast and make <laughs> you lose half of the fucking audience <laughs> that you have worked so hard For to bring us t- untalented saps on right. his show. <laughs> Absolutely, and last, well, not last, but the last episode I listened to was someone who uh, I think they identified with alien DNA, but they were also talking about using. Uh, they liked uh, they liked hip- hypnotics or uh, what is it? What's that called when they hypnotize you? Hypnotizing Hip, or whatever, yeah, yeah hypnotizing, but it, like, it, like a sexual fetish thing to uh, it. Fucking great episode. It it's literally the kind of topic that if you're not drinking or smoking, and you know what I'm talking about, smoking there, yeah. it'll make you feel fucking high and drunk because it is out there and it is fucking amazing. So we can't wait to be a part of that. Make sure you show Vuk some love. Check him out on Facebook and on IG again. The name of that podcast is Tracing Owls. Make sure you're following it on Apple and on Spotify. Joe, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's over. Let's get into episode 41, Dreadheads. We're talking about Colin Ireland, the gay slayer. So before we get into it, Joe, if anyone says, hey, John sounds different this weekend. <laughs> I didn't spend all, or sorry, not this weekend, this episode. I spent, we, we took the family to the, the, the state fair, mm-hmm. had a fucking blast. Yes. But Cub, my 11-year-old, who will soon be 12, Wanted to drag my 37-year-old ass onto all the rides, and I had the spirit of a young man, but not the body of one. And so, and not the vocal cords. No, so I, I, I could just scream, or I would swear a lot. And there were so many nice children. See, out I didn't there. give a fuck because when he got me on that drop zone, son of a bitch, like that last, like I don't know, 15 or 20 feet, like I was going. <laughs> like, yeah, and I well, didn't give a fuck who heard it. Well, that was a quick ride. The ones he had me on lasted a little longer, so I was trying to space out my swear words. So if I sound like Alex Jones, don't worry. He's not taking over this one to uh, try to get that billion dollars they fucking <laughs> say he owes now. It's me, and that's why. But Joe, let's get into Colin Ireland, the gay slayer, and lead it off by giving us the bio that only you know how to do. Absolutely. Colin Ireland was born in March 1954 in Dartford, Kent. That's to- uh that he's British <laughs> as we uh British. well as they say. So yeah. so yeah, go, his last name is Ireland. He's not Irish, but he is British. So, yeah, just go ahead and work that around your stoned and drunk minds right now because I had a lot of fucking dyslexia while taking these notes. And when Joe started reading them, she had the same problem. So we're right there with you, dreadheads. (laughs) Joe, continue. Yeah, so he was was born to an unmarried teenage couple. And shortly after his birth, his father left him and his 17-year-old mother. Um, His father is not named on his birth certificate, and Ireland did not know his identity. Ireland the man, not yes, the country. Colin, I know that yeah. all you Irish dreadheads are drunk as fuck and don't know your fathers either, but we are talking about the man Ireland, not mm. the country, which has some, some, some commonalities as we go along. Yeah. Uh, so obviously there's some ill preparation here, and he was raised mostly in poverty by his mother, and they moved a lot in his uh, childhood. In the early 1960s, she ends up marrying, and when she became pregnant, she put Colin into foster care, um, and he later was returned to her. Right. Well, I mean, that's what you do. You know, fresh starts, you gotta get the old kids out of the fucking way, and then, and, and honestly, him coming back around is probably what fucking uh, fucked it up. <laughs> she needed a fresh start, and Colin said, nay. <laughs> Came back around. Well, he fucked, I guess, I guess he fucked selfish. that marriage up for her, and then in 1966, she marries another man. So during the 60s and um, Sheerness, is that how you would say that? Yeah, Sheerness Kent. Okay, Sheerness Kent. Uh, Ireland was uh, propositioned on three occasions and spied on once by men who were pedophiles. If we have any UK dreadheads, if this is still a problem in Kent where you can just kind of stroll about and get fucking pedophilic offers, 
Uh, feel free to write us at spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com or uh, hit us up on IG because uh, me and Joe eventually want to go to the UK and we would love to know where to not, not take go. our fucking kids. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so in his mid-teens, he's actually sent to a Borstal, which is a juvenile detention center. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the, what they refer to him over there because I kept seeing it in several different notes from different sources. Mm. And finally, I had written it so much, I was like, wait a second. You don't know what a fucking Borstal is, John. Why the fuck are you? So I had to go research that. But yeah, I don't know if that's slang or a legit terminology hmm. for it, but there we go. So while there, um, he was he was actually in the detention center for theft. And while he was there, he actually deliberately set fire to another resident's belongings. Oh. All right, here we go. At age 17, he was convicted of robbery and he escaped and then was returned to the Borstal. Right, uh, so yeah, so, so Borstal, Borstal, whatever, the, however the fuck you pronounce it, and so yeah, I mean, you can see troubled upbringing again. As yeah. as uh, if anyone's fans of the bands, uh, the Blood Brothers, I'm sure there's two or three of you out there. You're probably not listening though. As I say, trash into trash equals trash flavored trash. <laughs> this motherfucker literally had everything against him, and everyone around him just kind of kept wanting to poke and prod him down the wrong fucking path. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads us into his adulthood. Yeah, so yeah, obviously he's making an attempt to like make ends meet. He doesn't come from a situation where he probably even has learned how to take care of himself. Um, but he doesn't he, involve stealing or setting fire to other people's shit. Yeah, he, no, has, he has no, no idea. idea. <laughs> um, so he ends Which up taking... Which again is why I said he's kind of like Ireland. <laughs> God I love you potato it. eating fuckers. You know that. Oh God, here we go. Um, oh, that's like what? That's like a quarter of you. Yeah, a fifth of you. I know you got a lot of Irish and Welsh on yeah. your white side. Yeah, my so. dad's side of the family. It's real yeah. muddy up there with all the pale folks. <laughs> I am who, just a, a mutt. It's okay. We well, all are, man. We're Heinz fifty sevens. Yeah. If you've ever tried that shit on French fries or chicken, it's delicious. <laughs> um. So he had a series of you know manual labor jobs. Um. And in December of seventy five, he was convicted of car theft criminal damage and two burglaries for which he was only sentenced to 18 months in prison right now we're talking it's 75 so remember he's born in 54 so at this point he's 21 years old mm. fully fucking you know he's you know he's been it seems like keeping his nose clean since he got out of juvie and then you know again fucking old Start dogs and old up. tricks yep. and there he goes yep, yep so um he was released in november of 196 uh, 1976 and he moved to swindon wiltshire and he here he lived with a woman and her children for a few months the following year in 77 he was convicted of extortion for which he was sentenced to 18 months in prison again just, i'm telling you man that sometimes those three hots in a cot are kind of fucking appealing i guess they are for him winners in winners in the uk are cold <laughs> so three years later in 1980 he was convicted of robbery and he was sentenced to two years in prison are you dreadhead sensing a pattern here <laughs> i know i am <laughs> um in 1981 so the following year he's not even finished with the previous sentence he was convicted of attempted deception yeah now so let's stop that because i don't it, know it, what that means no and if, if for any of the dreadheads that are based in in the u.s i i'm right there with you and i honestly could not find anything that was actually substantiated for what the fuck that meant so if uh, if again it if sounds like a con right that's what i could yeah. best figure and maybe that's just you know they have a fancier fucking pinkies out at tea time fucking word for it um sounds but yeah better. If, we, if we got any fucking uk dreadheads feel free uh in you know to, to let us know but yeah that's that's basically what i was able to glean from it joe yeah so in 82 um he marries virginia zamet and god I- damn it virginia zamet <laughs> zamet <laughs> yeah there you go um and you know they're they end up having a daughter and they're living in the holloway area of london in 85 so here we are three years later he was convicted and sentenced to six months for quote going equipped to cheat again quote. i again like I, this that, researching him i don't know if things have changed now made me really worried about going to the uk because i'm worried i'm going to commit a crime law, and literally not have any idea yes i don't know if he, again if it was something to do with fraud if it was something to do with like gambling i have no idea but again i had a few different sources here and i could not get any of them that coalesced mm. to say exactly what that meant per 
British, UK, EU law, whoever the fuck's running shit. We gotta shit have somebody point. who would know that lingo. Let us know. Right. Please. But uh, but moving on into 1987, Colin and Virginia divorced after she discovered he had committed adultery. She had no Ten problem. Toes gonna creep. Right. Maybe that's what he, <laughs> going equipped to cheat. I don't know what no, is that like know. going out there with like the flowers dildo? and a pocket full of fucking rubbers oh, and a fucking well, hard on showing down to ye old pub <laughs> meeting some floozy you met at the fucking stockyards. I don't know, but she fucking left his ass. Four years later, Joe, in Devon, he married Janet Young. Yes, and that's, um, he was really violent towards her and uh, stole from her and quite a bit. And I will say, bit. because again, as, as most people know, with, with Joe's schedule and uh, I, I mostly compile the notes, this seemed to be the first time that uh, any kind of domestic of abuse seemed to rear its head in Collins' mm. uh, history. So, Again, it, it shows a pattern of worsening behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, he, in the early 1990s, they ended up separating and she and her children became homeless because of this uh, separation. Uh, Colin ends up moving to the South End on Sea where he became homeless and lived in a hostel. While he was there, he decides to become a serial killer as a New Year's resolution to become famous, y'all. Right. So now this is something to remember about Colin. Now, I this, and this is what I found so interesting about him was that he I, obviously if you if you just listen to everything, he has all the makings and trappings of a serial killer. Like everything's perfectly laid out. He had troubled childhood, much, yeah, shitty foundation. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the whole fucking trifecta that you need to become one. But Colin actually admits to deciding to do it. And he does it for notoriety. So he spent his time meticulously, and, I, and, and, and I'm not lying, uh, meticulously studying serial killers. Spent tons of hours reading about them, uh, learning about the different profilings and, and what profiling meant in different geographic locations, mm. not only in his own country, but worldwide. Uh, and due to his research, Colin decided. And so, and now here's, here's where the guy, I don't want to say he act, did a right thing because it wasn't right, but he made a smart move. Oh, Colin yeah. decided that due to his research, he was going to commit his murders a decent piece away from where he lived. Again, we're talking about he's, he's living in a hostel in South End on Sea. I don't know where all these towns are. Again, my UK dreadheads can hook it up. Uh, but so he decided, hey, don't shit where you eat. Yeah. And maybe we can get, you know, we can, we can do this. And the reason that he decided that was because he decided he needed to have at least five victims because from what he had read, a person needed to have at least that kind of a body count to, to qualify, qualify as a serial yeah. killer. Colin Ireland wanted to be a serial killer, which again... Is fuckers over here making a to-do list and checking right? shit like, off. Dude, this may be the craziest fucker yet yeah. on this show because yeah. he's over here planning how to be known as a fucking serial killer. Now, because of uh, its reputation within the gay community now, hey, want to go ahead and stop that? You guys know we love you no matter what your fucking pronouns and all that garbage shit or where you stick what or who you rub what against. Yeah. We fucking love you. Dread is fucking equal opportunity for everybody. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the notes the way I was fucking giving them. So if you fucking, eh, that's offensive. Well, fucking find the article. I'll give you the fucking links. Go browbeat and cancel them. You ain't fucking doing it to me. And I think by now you fucking know that. But because of its reputation, the gay community is a place to easily find a partner for the night. Ireland chose the Colheron Arms Pub on Brompton Road in West London to hunt for potential victims. Again, if we, if we have any UK dreadheads that maybe were alive back then, y'all might be going like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that, that, he ain't lying. Members of the pub, Joe, would actually wear various color-coded handkerchiefs to indicate what they were into sexually, which would, which would, again, it was like it was fucking fish in a barrel. This would only make Ireland's quote unquote career as a serial killer easier because he was able to avoid misunderstandings and approaching men the that would not be interested in what he had worked in his mind would be the best way to lure them back. 
the best way to, as you'll see in a second, lure them into vulnerable positions. So, you know, I remember when we were chicken wing. Sorry. <laughs> when he said positions, I was like, no. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what these poor dudes were thinking. That wasn't what was on fucking Colin mind, yeah. Ireland's mind. But it reminded me back when we said the gel bracelets. I don't know if this was a worldwide thing, but you know, in the late 90s, early fucking oh, millennium, the color we all had the bracelet. colored bracelets and we all just fucking wore them because we were fucking weird. Yeah. Well, then out of nowhere, suddenly like a sex game has sprung up around these things where, hey, if you've got this color wristband, you blow guys. If you you do this, you eat ass, and if yeah. you do this, you take it up the ass. Well, it's kind of similar to that shit here recent, or like maybe a couple years ago, is about the colored hair ties that people would wear, the girls would wear at school, and that was supposed to be color coded for like sexual proclivities. And right, I was just which, like, "There's no way that these young ass kids in elementary school know about this shit." I mean, probably but man, not. But I don't it, know. I'm always getting surprised these days. Well, it just further goes. It just further goes. Let you know, there's nothing new under the fucking sun. No. So even back then, no. you know, I was kind of it kind of floored me because I remembered like. You know, I had a I had a big old mama mama Rollins rest in peace. I had a big old fat Southern Baptist mother, and she let me get away with a little bit of stuff because I was a fucking weirdo. And so I had the jelly bracelets. The moment that the minister fucking brought that up, oh, they were all gone because she didn't know who I was blowing, who I was slinging dick to, who was slinging dick into me. Every kind of she, everything on the side. Honestly, she, you're lucky you just didn't get backhanded for no goddamn reason. I'm surprised I made it out of church parking yeah. without my hand getting cut off for her to remove it. But that goes to let you know that there's nothing new under the sun. No. And it actually, when I read this, I was like, holy shit, this is a, this is a cultural thing that, I mean, probably, I mean, fuck, if it's popping up in the 90s in the UK, who knows where it came from yeah. originally and shit yeah. like that. But as we suggested, and let's fucking strap in dreadheads, we're getting into it. This system would give Colin Ireland the perfect capabilities to stalk his prey from a distance and know a lot of what he needed to know about them in order to approach them, make them comfortable, get them vulnerable, and become the serial killer that he wanted to be so very badly. So victim numero uno. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Peter Walker, March Great, 8th. great uncle of Paul Walker. <laughs> I'm lying. Mm, yeah, I was about to say, please don't I'd say, say that. I'd say R&P, but yeah, I know some of you get offended. I don't give a fuck about those movies. <laughs> right, go ahead, Joe. Okay. Peter Walker uh, killed on March 8th of 1993. Yeah, so... He's posing, uh, Colin is posing as like a dominant partner, and he begins looking for victims at the pub. Which is a good idea. If you're looking, if, you, if not, open your phone screen real quick and look at the video art for this. This dude was a fucking lug. Like, yeah. he looked like the British version of fucking Lurch from the Adams Yeah, he's family, a jughead. So. Yeah, like he's... Big I'm sure guy. someone would have loved to sub that guy's size, but it wouldn't have made a lot of sense and would have seemed way more sketch. So <laughs> kudos on him for at least being like, no, I'm definitely I'm on a the bear. top. Yeah, I'm a bear. It's fine. I'm going to do this. It's all for an end goal. It's for infamy. Let's do it. So what's interesting about this is that he uh, Colin enters the pub and not long after he's uh, he's arrived, he's actually approached by Peter Walker um, and he's 45. He's a 45 year old choreographer and obviously a submissive partner likes to dance and likes to take. I'm good with it, bro. <laughs> Live your life. Yeah, live your truth. Um, they actually both left the pub together and ended up at Walker's apartment in Battersea. Which These are some fucked up city names. Well, I, I, think kind I of like badass. that one, yeah, but I'm just say saying it's really that unique. Sounds, I'm not fucking with a dude from Battersea. I yeah. don't give a shit if he's a submissive choreographer or not. <laughs> like, I'm not fucking with that. You're clearly tougher than me. But again, don't forget, Ireland is still living in the hostels. The best I could figure out, if he's bouncing from hostel to hostel, couldn't figure it out. But I never could find out once he was at, um, what was that place? Uh, yeah, South End on Sea, mm-hmm. where he was in the hostel. If he bounced around, it was to nothing permanent. And again, he was going home mm-hmm. with his victims, fitting into what his MO was of and it makes making them sure more that it was away from where mm-hmm. he was staying. Yeah. So, and obviously this actually preys into his victim being more comfortable because they're thinking, oh, I had the home base advantage. I'm going to my apartment. Right. Yeah. And so obviously they let their guard down. And when they get back to his apartment, 
He, the walker, allows Colin to gag him with condoms and bind him with a cord while Colin locked Peter's dogs in a separate room. Guessing the dogs weren't used to seeing that and might have been a little yappy. Yeah. And so uh, Peter was just like, you know, just... Just thought come over there. No big deal, brother. Now, obviously, Walker was brutally beaten by Ireland Colin, um, who actually used like a dog lead, a dog chain, and yeah. a belt to torture him before suffocating him to death with a plastic fucking shopping bag. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, there was a lot of... Uh, There's a lot of aggression getting yes, taken I, out I here. Wanted, I wanted to say brutality, but it's not... It's As you go on, this isn't the, like... It, Colin Irons, Ireland was not someone who just left ghastly, you know, fucking damage to him, but there was a lot of physicality to his mm-hmm. stuff. There's a lot of anger he's trying to get out right, here. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, after killing him, Colin took some of Walker's pubic hair and burned it just, just so he could smell it. I could not find out why, but again, we are talking about a guy who decided that he wanted to be known as a serial killer, so... Yeah. We're not going to look for Curiosity just got the best of him on that one. I I don't know. Every time I manscape in the shower, I have no interest in knowing what it smells like. I'll go ahead and tell you that right now, but I'm not Colin Ireland. So (laughs) it's what I guess it is what it is. But yes. So, yeah, uh, he seems to be really comfortable because it says next that he actually started cleaning the apartment and removing, like, objects in the, around the apartment that could possibly even be connected to him. Right. So, so he's taking his time. Well, I, again, I think that it was so, to me personally, I think it was so important to him to hit that number, to be quite, like, all he's focused on is being known as a serial killer. He's not really focused about getting away with it. Or anything, but at least he, not on the long term. He's right, just right, trying yeah, to get it that right number. Now, yeah, yeah. I gotta be. I gotta be thorough. I gotta be good because I've. I've got to make sure that I'm covering things because I've got to get my victim count. Otherwise, they're gonna think you know I'm. I'm not a serial killer, and that's what he wanted. Um. So yeah, he's removing objects. He's cleaning. You know anything that could connect him to it. Now during the process of this, Joe. Ireland discovers, I'm guessing some sort of paperwork or medication Mm. was around, that Walker was HIV positive, which fucking enraged Colin Ireland. And this resulted in him pushing condoms deeper into Walker's already dead mouth and throat and esophagus in like a fit of rage. Don't know what that's about. I don't even know what that would look like. How can you? I don't know. Well, I, I shouldn't do. Well. I'm not on video. I mean, like, how do you fucking just do that with I your fingers well, and rage? Well, you were literally finger banging your own hand. I don't think Colin took the condoms Thank out. Thank God there is not him, a YouTube video. Rolled them over his fingers and fucking finger banged his victim's <laughs> head like you did. Again, though, I it 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 seems almost nonsensical. Yeah. Because the, a the victim's already dead. He you he's already shown a proclivity to physically being fine with beating them so again i i don't know and again maybe it's further down in the notes and uh i don't remember it but <laughs> I, I remember the whole time writing this being like why is he doing that with condoms <laughs> like they're already fucking dead and, and then i was just like how many condoms did he buy i know and right? i mean and those fuckers ain't cheap so you're over there just wasting them like just right? sticking them down dude's throat i hope they were lubed i mean he guess he's dead it doesn't matter <laughs> but whatever so ireland leaves the apartment the next day joe and he actually <laughs> left, so I guess He's so. I guess, goddamn immature, right? Right? Is it not? When yeah. I read that, I was just like, Ooh, "What a fucking sixty-nine! What a fucking yeah. smarmy shit you yeah. are!" Yeah, he, I guess uh, Peter Walker had some teddy bears around, <laughs> uh, and so Ireland took two of the teddy bears and positioned them into a sixty-nine sexual position. That's when a and man next and a woman who love each other, or a woman and a woman who <laughs> love each other, or a uh, man and a man who love each other, or a either or neither nor who loves another either or neither nor decide to uh, make it real easy to access orally the other person's genitals just in case you didn't know that uh, dreadheads the more you head know, to crotch head to crotch dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> it's the laziest way to do oral but it's also the funnest <laughs> um so yeah so he just did that i guess just to be a fucking weirdo now joe uh tell us about the day after the murder yeah so after the murder um he's hearing on the news reports of the crime 
And Colin called the Samaritans and a journalist from the Sun newspaper advising them of the dogs and that he had murdered their owner. Right. So, so this is the temptation. Yeah. This is the carrot. You know, he's just right. like, oh. Already getting already yeah. getting a little bit in with uh with the media and stuff yeah. like that. Um and, and that Ireland ego. fucking tells them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not like, you know, I'm fucking calling Ireland. I live in a fucking hostel by self, but <laughs> but he was like, hey, I want to be a serial killer. Uh, but apparently he was worried about the dogs. So he was like, hey, I, I you know, I didn't I, I fucking locked them up. I didn't want them to go fucking hungry yet. Thanks I did for this. that. Oh, by the way, I'm a serial killer. I'm I'm pretty fucking badass. You guys are gonna really fucking love me later on down the line. <laughs> Uh, now, a former boyfriend of Peter Walker was later interviewed and told the police that Peter did not, he, he wasn't into sadomasochism and was actually more than likely forced into it by Ireland again. Oh, whatever. Well, it's the example People of, get into sexual shit with different partners. For I him to be like. I promise you, dude, there's some good friends of mine that listen to this show. <laughs> you guys and girls have no fucking idea what goes on behind my bedroom oh, door. Shh. <laughs> Yeah, we're all adults here. Nobody needs to know that shit. That's yeah. between me, you, and whatever Sky Daddy may exactly exist who sees all this shit. But moving on, Joe, <laughs> let's get into victim number two, Christopher Dunn. Yeah, so he was killed on March 28th of 1993. Um, two months later, Ireland returned to the pub and met the 37-year-old librarian, Christopher Dunn. Um, of course, Dunn. He feels comfortable, invites Ireland to his uh, his flat in Wealdstone, and Ireland repeated the process of tying, handcuffing, beating, and torturing his victim, and went as far as to hold a lighter flame to Dunn's testicles before suffocating him by stuffing pieces of cloth into his mouth. So he's got that some is kind- so goddamn fucked up, and I don't even have fucking balls. I said they're just fortune like that i'll tell you this much i i think it was betty white who was credited in saying it's like i don't know why they talk about being tough as having balls like balls are really fucking sensitive, sensitive. she was like they should talk about being you know a pussy being tough because she was like and i it quote takes- that thing could take a pounding yeah. r.i.p you fucking angel this <laughs> earth was not good enough for you but yes as a person of the testicle owning community <laughs> i promise you if you are just gingerly swathing a fucking flame across my testicles fucking kill me (laughs) kill me as soon as possible i don't care how don't do fucking that like my no that is fucking terrible i know that's awful i've nicked myself shaving down there (laughs) hello ladies and male dreadheads just let you know your boy stays fucking trimmed but I'm, the burning sensation of a small razor cut is almost unmanageable. <laughs> let alone someone down there acting like they're trying to fucking white, uh, light a wet I fire I think I was in the bedroom that time you did that because all I heard was, whoo, that burns. <laughs> the, if, you, if you nick yourself down there, for one, you should always be after shit. It's a good way to do it and it, and it. and it helps heal immediately. After about 2.5 seconds of excruciating fucking burn. So, yeah, I would imagine this was pretty fucking bad. But, yeah, dude, like, what a fucking piece of shit. In my opinion, no reason to do that, even as a serial killer. But he did do it. And then, again, we have the instance, not condoms this time. Just cloth. But the symbology of stuffing something Shutting down someone's somebody mouth. up. Uh, that's where I see it. But No, and, maybe so. I, yeah. I mean, I, you got the BS in psychology, so I, I could feel you there. There's definitely something to that. Yeah. Yeah, because if you just wanted to fucking choke a motherfucker, you look at Colin Ireland, he's not a tiny dude. Mm -hmm. You know, he could have just fucking hands around the throat fucking choked him out and it'd have been probably quicker and shit, but he got enjoyment out of doing the stuffing act into it, I I would assume. But go ahead, Joe. Yeah, so after he kills him, uh, Ireland ends up using Dunn's pen and a cash card, debit card, um, that he had acquired earlier to withdraw $200 from his account. And it was in order to continue funding his crime since he was still unemployed. So he must be still living in that hostel. Right. I mean, he's definitely not affording any kind of flat or anything, whatever they fucking call him over there. But yeah, yeah. so yeah, I mean, he's at this point, he's like, ah, just, you know, a couple of quid. I can <laughs> fucking keep this going. So yeah, so he, he, he did that. I don't know how he got the pin number. I don't know if that's some kind of weird 
S&M thing. I used to I be mean, really bad about writing my pen on the back of my car, but now I actually remember it. That is a fucking retarded. I was a teenager. I didn't know better, and it wasn't like there was a shit ton of money in there anyways. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Christopher Dunn did not deserve to be murdered, but if he wrote his pin number on the back he of his bank card, <laughs> he did deserve to lose 200 bucks yeah, that night. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. Uh, Dunn's body was discovered days later by a friend, and again, police assumed Dunn's death was the result of a sex game gone wrong, resulting in them not linking Walker's death with Dunn's death at the time. Now, I will say this, um, and I believe it's hinted further in the notes. You're talking about the mid-90s, early to mid-90s. We're talking about the middle of the AIDS pandemic, all that stuff, and... There's a we lot of stigma. We don't get into politics on this show, no. but if anyone is a, a a member of the gay community that was alive and active during back then, you know the way, and like I said, I was born in 85, and even I remember mostly from growing up in church how stigmatized mm-hmm. gay men were. For, I mean, it was literally like you were worried about shaking people's fucking hands yeah. and shit the way they were fucking yeah. acting back yeah. then. So again, the cops, this is an easy one to write mm. off. Oh, it's some kind of weird gay sex thing gone wrong. Mm. Again, you had a little bit of few differences there. I, maybe they, maybe the testicle burning actually left some sort of scarring. You do have a guy who's got stuff shoved down his throat, yeah. but it's not condoms this time. It's something different. Uh, there was no, there was nothing mentioned about him taking any kind of money or stealing off of Peter Walker's debit card. Now at this time, you've got someone who there's a card yeah, missing. So he's slightly changing the mo because I could kind of see where they weren't linking it together. Right, but I will say, I mean, even even as they should have still looked at it though. Even as a soft hetero male, <laughs> like dude, you they were they were going to be looking for any excuse in the book. They obviously. They would they would have said, "Hey, this is where he- we last saw him." Oh, it's this pub that's known for having yeah. this very active gay scene and stuff like that. So, just so you know that homophobia it's not unique to any country. No, it was a thing that even was going on then, and probably actually led to Colin Ireland being able to spoiler alert hit his fucking amount. No. Joe, which brings us to murder number three. Oddly enough. Perry Bradley the third, yeah. June fourth of nineteen ninety three. Yeah, so this is what four or five, six, seven days later. Yeah, he yeah, didn't so wait on this one. He's yeah. trying to catch a groove. Oh, sorry, good. six days later. Yeah, feeling good, man. Get yeah. in the swing of it. Yeah, so he returns to the pub and he meets thirty five year old businessman Perry uh, Perry Bradley the third. Um, now, now this is interesting here. Yes, he was the son of a Texas Democratic Party fundraiser, Perry Bradley Jr. Uh, Ireland was accompanied by Bradley to his apartment in Kensington and they were he was initially reluctant but Bradley allowed Ireland to tie him down to his bed. So apparently fucking despite looking like a fucking slightly physically less gruesome sloth from the Goonies uh, apparently he was a little bit of a smooth talker. You know, he keeps convincing this guy. Or he's hanging a toddler arm down there. I don't know. I don't, I mean, he's big. He's a big dude. Yeah. Like if I was in prison with him, I would not want to be on the same shower schedule as him. I will tell you that (laughs) just because I don't want to know what might happen, you know, and then know how bad it's going to be. But yeah, so he, he convinces him, Joe, to, to let him, Mm. Colin convinces Perry Bradley the third to let him tie him down to his own bed. And again, don't forget, Perry's bed. Yeah. Colin ain't taking nobody back to his fucking hostel. No. He's going to their place. So again, it's it even more com- smooth talk. Clearly, he's got a little bit of a silver tongue yeah. because, I mean, he's, I'm sorry, were there no motels around? <laughs> I mean, some all of us have had one night fucking standards. But you got to think about this period of time. Not? You don't know how much stigma was in this area. You don't know if somebody could have gotten in trouble by taking, you know, a partner for a night to a hotel, or who might start talking. We don't know how big these Tell you towns what, if I are. Own, if I own a hotel near an active gay scene, I could give two fucks less as long as they're fucking paying. Yeah, exactly. But, you can have but, an but, hourly but, rate for all. I give a fuck. But, yeah. Hey, you know, here's your helpful, t- uh, you know, tidbit of the day. Uh, let a friend know. Mm-hmm. where you're going and uh don't go back to your fucking place with a brand new guy girl either or neither nor that you just fucking picked up get a mutual hunting ground like a hotel everyone's unfamiliar both of you kind of have a little bit of advantage there but unfortunately this mistake much like it was for christopher dunn and peter walking 
uh, sorry, Peter Walker, not mm-hmm. walking, would be ultimately what led to Perry Bradley III's demise. Yeah, so uh, Colin Ireland actually convinced Perry to, um, you know, about tying being tied up right. because he told him, oh, I can't sexually perform unless yep. you're tied up. Like, I need the bondage in order it. to get it up. Right. So Ireland then I wonder placed- what color of handkerchief that is. Hmm. I don't know. I would say black. But I, you know, but then again, I'm white. And I don't want to be racist. <laughs> I was always afraid. I'm just like, oh yeah, it's not black. It's dark gray. <laughs> or just they're red. like, what is it brown? No, that's light tan. That's a light sienna. Oh, <laughs> so I don't know which color it was. If you're from the UK and you know what color of handkerchief coincides with sadomasochism at your partner's place, let us know. Yeah. So Ireland then placed a noose around Bradley's neck and demanded his pin for cat for his cash card and threatened to torture him if he didn't comply. So Bradley gives up, you know, his pin number That's and offered smart. to accompany him to the cash point, to which Colin obviously refuses. And Colin tells Perry that he should go to sleep as he wouldn't be leaving his flat for hours. <laughs> He eventually does fall asleep, and Ireland momentarily thought of leaving him unharmed, but then realized he could be identified, (laughs) Um, and so he uses the noose, which he had earlier attached around Bradley's neck, to strangle him. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, uh, A, if someone puts a noose around your neck, give them your goddamn pin number. No amount of cash is worth your fucking life, particularly when you are already that goddamn vulnerable. Clearly, at this point, uh, Perry Bradley III was tied down. It's not even if he could go tit for tat with him. He w- he was he yeah, was he's incapacitated. Exactly. You can't defend yourself for. So give it up. Uh, and then also, if someone says, "Hey, you should go to sleep. Uh, I'm not going to leave for a while." Uh, ask them to take the noose off, <laughs> so that potentially when they slide it back on, because there's no reason to think that they're honorable at this point. Maybe you'll wake up and have a fucking fighting chance. But <laughs> from what I could tell. Perry Brown III eventually nodded off with this noose on his neck. And like Joe said, Colin thought about leaving it be. I think that maybe he was like, okay, he's this compliant. Was easy. Yeah. Something like that. But again, he's got this Colin number. Ireland he's got this is, goal. He's not here for the money. He likes the money because he's fucking broke. He's living yeah. in a hostel. He needs the money. But ultimately, yeah, he, he, he. Kills him. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he and did then, that. And then he kill and then he cleans the apartment like previously. He steals a hundred dollars and leaves a doll on Bradley's dead body before leaving the apartment and withdrawing an additional two hundred dollars from his checking account. Right. So again, the police didn't link the murders, which frustrated Colin even, who was seeing seeking the fame and the infamy of being a serial killer. Right. But I mean, at the same time, I will say, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Uh, the one area Colin really fucked up was that he couldn't stick to something. Again, if you're going to shove stuff down, if you're going to shove condoms down the throat of your first victim, make sure you use condoms again on the second yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to do the doll thing, you see he did the, the 69 with the, the two teddy bears, bears for the first person, but nothing like that for, yeah, for his second Yeah, use that money victim. that you're stealing to buy, I don't know, a bunch of generic fucking teddy bears and make sure you have your goddamn signature in line. Right, well, and just like the, you know, when he, when he uh, murdered, what was it, is it Peter Walker? Yeah, Peter Walker, no kind of money was involved. Now he's taken money from his last two victims, but at this point he's three victims deep and he's, Apart from going to this certain pub and using this certain knowledge of the gay community at the time and going back to his victims' houses, there is no real discernible pattern here. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the police are still fucking up yeah. because they should know that, I mean, obviously, with the, the smallest amount of detective work, they could go to this pub and, and be like, oh, hey, all three of these dudes were last seen at this fucking pub. With someone who looked like Sloth from the Goonies had a fucking facelift. Uh, maybe we should go trolling around again. This is, this is uh, I don't know if this is a rougher part of town. And there's a lot of dudes looking like that. Or again, they know that it's involved with the gay community. And so, again, there's maybe there wasn't a lot of public pressure, yada, yada. So they were doing this. But now this is starting to, this is starting to bother uh, Colin Ireland. Because, like, he was wanting. He wanted the fame and the notoriety. and Despite all of his prep work, he himself is not establishing a good enough rhythm with how he does things because he, he's not motivated by anything other than being a fucking psychopath and wanting to be known as a serial killer. So he's fucking up on his modus operandi and it's giving the police an excuse not to link. 
So he returns to the pub three days later. Yeah, he's starting to get, he's, yeah. You, he, I think you can start to sense like the, the, he's getting antsy. Yeah. He's getting antsy. He's not getting the notoriety. There's no mug shot out there. People ain't talking about him and he's I doing I think it's this. a little egotistical too. Like there's a little bit of air of like, maybe that. I'm not getting, going to get caught. I maybe can ramp I'm this so, shit maybe up. I'm so goddamn good at this. Fuck it. Let's amp it up. Yeah. I, but again, if you, if he, either way. He's technically taking the right path in, in, in speeding and ramping up his shit. Whether you're wanting to get caught and get the notoriety or you're starting to get a little bit of narcissism in yeah. there and think you're doing it and getting away with it. So he, you know, he's acting A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. You're right. Yeah, so three Colin A and Colin (laughs) B. John, you bitch. (laughs) So this is three days later, June 7th of 1993. He returns to the pub and he finds his next victim. Uh, and he is a uh, 33-year-old warden named Andrew Collier. Uh, Collier's flat in Dalston, uh, Colin Ireland, ties up Collier and demanded his pin and cash card. Um, he refuses to comply, which just fucking pisses Ireland off. Fucking R.I.P. Up- Andrew Collier fucking being like, no, nah, motherfucker, you. Yeah, fuck you. Like- I work hard, yeah, motherfucker. motherfucker. I don't care how much you like sloth. We're on this shit. You're going to take it from me. So, obviously, this fucking pisses Ireland off. He ends up strangling him to death at this point. Again, though, we're breaking, we're, we're breaking everything. Now he's, now he's literally killing in a fit of rage. Yeah. Where everything else was a little bit more planned and everything like that. Now he's just full on like, I can't have your pin number. <laughs> <laughs> Um, again, he discovers that Andrew Collier has, uh, you know, been, has uh, tested positive for HIV. This fucking pisses him off. And while he's pissed off, he ends up burning his body and placing a condom on his dick. All right. So, yeah, so, Co- yeah, so Colin burns Andrew. I, yeah, we, we, that might have got muddy. We were like, yeah, wait, who, who burned who and who was wearing the, the yeah, condom? Yeah, my bad. Yeah. So, so Colin Ireland like sets fire to Andrew Collier's body. So he's pissed about the pin number and the AIDS and everything else. and HIV. All, sorry, HIV mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So burns the body. I'm going to assume place the condom on the penis afterwards. Uh, Ireland also strangled Collier's cat and stuffed another condom. Or sorry, not stuffed it, but put another condom on the cat's tail. So again... Remember sex ed with the banana? He did that with the cat tail. Right, but again, <laughs> he's completely off fucking M.O. here yeah. because of his rage. Yeah. Okay, now the condoms It makes have me returned. wonder where he picked up this rage because his father wasn't around. His mother's remarrying. He's been put into foster care. I would say probably like, during foster care. I would say so, but also too, if his mother was so willing to just give him up every time or kind of like select men... Or I'm um, sorry, choose men over right. her own son. There's a lot of hostility there. There's a lot like of pent up rage. Towards me because again, more than likely, he she probably even allowed these these um, husbands to fucking beat up on him. So there possibly. there's some physical rage. Because again, don't forget, there at this point now, I I, I don't know how what forensic uh, technology was like back then. But there is certainly no historical evidence that Colin Ireland did anything sexual with these men he i'm sure there may have been some light kissing and shit like that or something i don't know but if he's portraying himself as a dom yeah he may not have had to do that shit because if you know anything about the the dom the sub and, and, and dom the, and yeah shit, shit. Like that, yeah he wouldn't have had to he's just tying him up so he, there's no proof here that anything physically sexual sexually yeah. was happening with these people yet you had these condoms getting brought again the condoms haven't appeared since murder number one <laughs> now suddenly he's got condoms again but he's not stuffing them down the guy's throat he's putting them on the cock of this burnt dude's body and then choking a cat and putting it on the tail like dude this is like what would happen if a skits like a like a schizophrenic was fucking doing this shit so there's there literally Colin Ireland, which is why I found him so fascinating, his entire modus operandi was to be known as a serial killer. Yeah. And he literally gave the cops almost every excuse in the book to not be able to link his murders. Yeah. So, and what's really interesting about this next half is that um, he ends up killing this cat and it, it, and it, mostly it's derived from the fact that, you know, on Walker, he had actually left the dogs locked up in a separate room. Right, and then and it was people yeah. and let them know, hey, hey, I, 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 I love fucked dogs. that guy up, but those, those 
Get those dogs. Out yeah, of here, man. and but as a result, the media ends up calling him an animal lover, and he strangled the cat to kind of show them, like, no motherfucker, I'm not an animal lover, um, and I, I could prove you wrong by killing this cat. Which again is further breaking M O. Yes, it, yes. It made more, they could have possibly been like, wait a second, now there's another victim where. He's called in and confessed to it, obviously, probably from a pay phone. We don't know who he is, but he's calling people to let us know, hey, there's animals there. Y'all need to go get them. Another way to have linked it. I mean, literally, I know. This, is, this is why I keep calling him Sloth. Not only because he looks like a giant fucking thumb, but because he's fucking stupid. Yeah. All he, despite He, all he research, keeps on taking actions and despite his, yeah, but despite the research, he, his actions, it's almost like he doesn't want them linked. Or like, I don't he, fucking he get just it. like the idea, like, like he, maybe he's not really, well, I mean, clearly he is because he killed people, but like, this is a guy who was like, was like, I did all the research. I know what to do. You failed. And, yeah, no, and then fucks up the apart, moment he does the murder. <laughs> apart from actually physically killing humans, you have done everything. This is one of the, one of the more aloof serial killers. Like, if he had went on for years and kept switching up like this, I don't know when they'd have ever caught this motherfucker because nothing fucking matches except yeah. for the pub. And again, this is the 90s. They know that it's a very popular gay hangout and hookup spot. So the, the cops are real easy to brush that off. And then nothing else is lining up. Yeah, absolutely. So he ends up cleaning the apartment, steals another 70 bucks, and leaves the flat the next morning. Uh, obviously, the police, they find Collar's body. And because of those the strange use of condoms, they end up finally linking his death to Peter Walker. Hey, you remember that weird-ass fucking thing in March where the dude was just shoving completely fucking brand new out of the package unused rubbers down that guy's mouth? Oh, uh, well, there's we a completely one brand new here. one on this burnt dude's dick. And now on this dead cat's tail. <laughs> Maybe wherever this fucking idiot is, it's the same one. But at least during this one, um, the police end up finding fingerprints that uh, Ireland had actually for- forgot to wipe off. Which, again, this was his most passionate and mm-hmm. rage-filled kill yet. And I think that it's clear that he liked being the dominant. And I think this is one of the first... Uh, people that he killed, Andrew Collier, that actually challenged him during the yeah. moment. And that may lend to feeling lesser of a man from the way that his mm-hmm. mom left, abandoned him and choosing other men over him. So now someone's testing his manhood, testing, well, you ain't gonna fucking do this. No, I'm not giving you my fucking pen. Yeah. And he just fucking exploded on it, which, you know, led it to where it is. So uh, the, the police, again, they found the fingerprints. Ireland's He's not, he's not being um, the more restrained and focused, quote-unquote, uh, killer that he's wanting to be. And now he's starting to slip up, which leads us to, oddly enough, he hits number five and number five only, Joe. Let's talk about his last victim, Emmanuel Spiteri. Yeah, so five days later, this is June 12th, 1993. Again, even less time. Yeah. Yep. And he makes a call to the police, and he's telling them that he has killed four men and that they had to stop him. Uh, he then calls another police department asking why they stopped investigating Walker's death. The same fucking day, he returns to the Colheron, or is that how you say it, Colheron? Yeah, Col- well, I mean, for, for us fucking American swine, I say a Colheron Arms Pub. Okay, there you go. A, f- a final time to search for this fifth victim, and that's where he meets 41-year-old multi-shift. Emmanuel Spiteri. Um, he goes back to his flat, handcuffs him, and demands his pin and cash card like previously. He refuses, and Colin Ireland ends up strangling him to death. Now, he's wanting more attention at this point, obviously, because he's so goddamn scatterbrained. Um, and so he attempts to set fire to the apartment, but only managed to damage like just the bedroom area. And so he ends up ringing the police later to tell them that, you know, um, to look for a body at the scene of a fire. And he also told them that he would probably not kill again since he had had enough victims, you know, the five, the numer- you know, the golden number um, to be considered a serial killer. This dude is fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, look at your look at the screen that you're watching this on. Look at that face. That is a face that it matches the brain within this fucking dumbass's skull. 
Because again, he looks it, like a goddamn mouth breeder. He really yeah, fucking abs- does. Absolutely. But again, there he goes. Hey, I probably won't kill again because I needed five, and and now I'm good again. This is why I just had. I had never heard of this. I forget how I stumbled across this guy, and in reading upon him, I was like, this is one of the most fucking out there. Fucking weird one, and I and God knows in forty one episodes we fucking covered some some weird with, shit. But yeah, this, this is one, fucking odd, I man. I will go ahead and safely say that so far in our careers of podcast, we have not covered someone like Colin Ireland. <laughs> no, no, and uh, yeah, and I, I mean a lot of them love to taunt the police, but there's very few of them that are like, hey, you need to find me. I'm probably not going to kill again, so that's going to make it kind of hard on you because I just needed five. And you know, the cops have to be like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Now, there were probably suggestions um, that homophobia took some type of part in this, obviously. I'm sure a lot of y'all listening are thinking the exact same thing. Like, we we talked about the pedophiles earlier, you know, that he was approached. But again, there was was no, uh, no, nothing was ever, I couldn't find anything in my research that where he pedophiles were successful or anything like that. Just that he'd been hit on and that he does bring it up. But. Outside of that, there's really no fucking reason. Yeah, I think it's just for the gay community. It's just the ease. It's the ease of victims. I think so. Because I mean, you got to think about it. That fucking color coding shit—that's so goddamn dumb. Right. uh, uh, Love my gay community, absolutely. But that's that is putting a goddamn target on your fucking back. You're allowing somebody to have so much information about you without without even fucking talking to you yet. Do not do that shit. Exactly. So obviously, the homophobia thing—it ends up delaying the linking of these murders, and so obviously. So they're not handled well, but the police did eventually connect all five killings. Um, the crimes were publicized by the media, and it quickly became known in the game community that a serial killer was specifically targeting gay men. And so investigations revealed that Spatari had left the uh, Colheron Arms pub and traveled home with a serial killer by train, which is really interesting. Right. Um, so a security video was actually captured. It actually captured the two of them um, on the platform at Charing Cross Station. And the footage was then released to the media outlets in an attempt to identify the man that was with Spiteri. Um, he claimed to have left Spiteri on the flat, uh, in no, no, his you, flat. You, you, no, you missed the line there. <gasps> Ireland, Ireland oh, recognized, recognized himself. Oh, recognized himself. There we go. Out, he's like, fucking finally, yeah. I'm on the fucking news. <laughs> he's giddy and happier than a fucking pig and shit. So he just goes ahead and tells the cops, hey, Hey, bro. That's me. That's fucking me, bro, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't kill him. He claimed, he he ends up saying, oh, I just left him at his house with another guy. But the police had also found fingerprints right. in Collier's flat, which then linked Ireland. Right. So Colin was arrested and charged with the murders of Collier and Spiteri. Uh, and he confessed to the other three while awaiting trial in prison. Now... Colin Ireland told police that he actually did not have any vendetta against gay men, but picked on them because they were the easiest targets. He said that he would pretend to be gay in order to lure his victims. Uh, But psychologists suggested also that Ireland was was actually not a homosexual Mm -hmm. himself, but posed as one. Uh, They also believed that he was not, that uh, that, uh, his killing was not a homosexual, or sorry, killing of homosexuals as an act of revenge due to possible sexually transmitted diseases, they ruled that out, but said that it was because he was fueled by sadistic fantasy. So again, and we see that a lot, actually, you know, even though his intention was to be caught as a serial killer, there's usually some weird, how can we put this? Um, some kind of weird fantasy world that they previously lived in before they even commit their first crime. Yep, and and it and it bleeds over into their crimes. So I mean, obviously, we all know Ireland robbed the guys because he was unemployed, and you know, from the best I could find, was still living in a hostel. And I know a lot of hostels are not permanent residences, but again, these the, all of these took place from March to um, June of the same fucking year. So. I don't know the stay limit on a hostel, but at best, he bounced around from one or two hostels during all of this time. Um, so, I mean, obviously, they knew, okay, well, that made sense for why he did that. And, of course, where he was living was not in London. So, he was still having to pay travel expenses to get himself to and from London, 
while hunting for his victims. Yeah. So, um, so when his case came up to the old Bailey, it was on December 20th of 93. Uh, this is where Arlen admits to uh, all the charges and was give life, uh, given life sentences for each yeah, so murder. So five life sentences is what he caught for all five of these. Yeah. So the judge is uh, Justice Sachs, and he was, and this is a quote from him, exceptionally frightening and dangerous, end quote. And he added, open quote again, to take one human life is an outrage. To take five is carnage. In my view, it is absolutely clear you should never be released, end quote. So on December 20, uh, 22nd of 2006, Ireland was one of 35 life sentence prisoners whose names appeared on the home offices list of prisoners who had been issued with um, like whole life tariffs and were likely um, never to be released. Right. This is 13 years after sentencing. Yeah. Again. It was. There's not much to really go over with the court case and everything. Again, you got a guy who, who was admits only. It. Yeah, 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 he was. He was only uh, brought in for two. Admitted to the other three. Gave him all the fucking beans. So there's really no fucking trial. He wanted to be caught. He wanted the the infamy of it at least. So he thought. So yeah, 13 years later, this is where kind of we see his name appear again for the first time. After over a decade was that, you know, they released this list. I don't know if this is something that the UK does a good bit of like a, a list of prisoners who, you know, are very unlikely to get released. Uh, but there his name appears again. Now, Colin Ireland's crimes uh, obviously received a lot of sensationalist coverage in the tabloid press. Again, you're right in the middle of all of the AIDS yeah. panic and pandemic. Everything is laid solely at the square, or solely, or, uh, solely at the feet of gay men mm-hmm. for the ones that are spreading it and the ones yeah. that are causing it and all this. So, I mean, it's literally right place, right time for what Colin was doing. I would like to think that he was smart enough to be trying to capitalize on this, but we just read off how he fucking committed all five of his murders. Smarts does not seem to be uh, one of this guy's uh, main fucking features. Yeah, and this is honestly how he earns the nicknames through the tabloid, you know, the gay slayer. And it was also a headline as Jack the Gripper, which, by the way, I think is a fabulous fucking headline. I honestly like that one more, but in all of my research, the gay slayer was the the biggest one. And I'm like, you guys fucking missed the boat on that. Jack the Gripper? That's a goddamn badass name. But then again... This motherfucker is basically a tall thumb with like one brain cell in his head. He didn't deserve <laughs> that fucking shit. Uh, but yeah, now Jack the Gripper was actually coined by uh, the tabloid outlet News of the World for, for, for anyone who knows about that. Uh, Joe, let's wrap this up. Yeah. February 21st of 2012, uh, Ireland dies at Wakefield Prison. Yep. And so uh, after he kicks the bucket, a spokeswoman for the Majesty's Prison Service uh, actually... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, quote, he is presumed to have died from natural causes. A postmortem will follow, end quote. Uh, later, his death was ascribed to pulmonary fibrosis and a fractured hip he had suffered earlier in the month as preliminary causes of death. And obviously, that puts a nice little final fucking bow on this episode. Absolutely. A bow maybe tied out of a handkerchief. That's or some a, condoms. A, a cer- yeah, I mean, yeah, you can uh, do all kind of balloon animals. Yeah. You can do great bows with all those. But yes, that does bring to end episode 41 about Colin Ireland, the, the gay, gay slayer. slayer. And I will venture to say a lot of you, especially if you're outside of the UK, probably never heard of this motherfucker. Definitely not the most gruesome guy we've no, covered here no. by a fucking long shot. But very but interesting very on a psychological level. Absolutely. And you guys know we could fucking, we could be like those shitheads at Hulu or Netflix and <laughs> give you the 38th fucking Dahmer thing like you guys uh, fucking like. And we dig that shit sometimes too. But the dread likes to keep us spiced up. So now you're going to be able to tell all of your friends and family who still talk to you, which is probably not very many because <laughs> you like us. won't be soon <laughs> Yeah, and then you bring up this, like, hey, did you know there was a serial killer called uh, Jack the Gripper? And he only, uh, yeah, and he did it. Yeah, they're going to all fucking disown you if they haven't done that. They'll disown you fucking further. But we hope you enjoyed the episode. And, of course, we enjoyed recording it. Don't forget to check out Tracing Owls on Facebook and Instagram. And then, of course, on uh, Apple, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms. You're going to love that show. And Joe and I are going to be guest hosting about the topic of snuff films and their history and mythology. We're recording that this upcoming Saturday. As soon as we know what the actual episode release date is, we will let you know that. And then again, one final big-ass, bomb-ass shout-out 
to our newest member of the Dreadhead Fold, Amy in Kentucky. Thanks for that dope-ass review, and we are going to get your free stickers into the mail. If you want free stickers, do just like Amy. Head on over to Apple or Spotify. Give us a five-star review. Take a screenshot. Send it to us on Facebook, IG, or Gmail, along with your mailing address, and we'll be sure to send you some free stickers as well. Uh, Joe, one final time, everything they ever need in the world to cover all things Spread the Dread, what's the one place to go? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Absolutely. Links to all the podcasts, YouTube, BitChute, donation, merch, all that shit. And if and you again, don't know what any of that shit is, just go there and go look around. <laughs> absolutely. And again, don't forget to make sure you're subscribing on BitChute and YouTube. Yes. The revamp of Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill is coming. Again, we, we, we've, me and my brother actually already done it. But there was some uh, technical issues, so we're going to do a re-recording of it to try to fix that up. And uh, hopefully by this weekend, we will let you know. But don't worry if you're following us on IG and Facebook. You are going to know when that episode is going to get ready to drop. And again, it'll be video format actually on YouTube and BitChute. And then, of course, the audio only will be available on all the podcast platforms. uh, No matter how you choose to uh, fucking consume us. Mm -hmm. And with that... We're going to wrap it like we always do by saying I'm John. And I'm Joe. And thank you for listening to episode 41 of Spread the Dread. Don't forget, it's fucked up out there no matter where you live. You leave the dread up to us and all of y'all stay proud, stay powerful, stay positive, and wreck that fucking shit. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?